My first rifle was a 243. Papa gave daddy and daddy gave to me. And they taught me how to shoot with a steady hand. I guess that's something you don't understand. Welcome to another episode of All American Wing Shooting Podcast. Today we have a friend of so many, Kai Larson from Kansas. Hey. How's it going? It's going good. I'm so happy to see you. Yeah. Good to okay, see you. So you're probably the person or the guest I've had on here that I've been the most nervous about. <laughs> Why is that? Because... <laughs> You know every secret, every mistake, every idiotic moment I've ever made. You're like the only one. (laughs) I probably know what you (laughs) do. You've done a really good job of keeping them to yourself. I appreciate it. I'll try to I'll try to keep them secret. (laughs) Let's see how much we can expose tonight. (laughs) Okay, so I think. We met on a short hair Facebook group forever ago when I first got my dog. And I had like, looking back, knowing what I know now, I just, I'm just so grateful for the people that didn't judge me for being such an idiot with my dog. Like I could not have been more excited to have the most like foul behaved, rowdy short hair in the entire circuit of friends that we ran with and people were so nice to me (laughs) (laughs) well y'all get everybody starts somewhere right (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm like mercy's like bouncing on her back two legs to every start and then there's sweet pearl that never even like made a wrong move and i'm like oh my gosh i look like a crazy person but it was so much fun you actually took me to my first tournament. Do you remember that? Yes, I'm pretty sure. Tommy Wiley ducked out on me, and you helped me get Mercy ready. And we went to Alabama. Yeah, I don't really I remember, remember what happened. I remember we showed up and we weren't prepared. Like we starved to death and we froze to death. I remember it was cold and we were on a mountain, and I was <laughs> short, well, we we're in Alabama, I guess. <laughs> there's one mountain in alabama and we found it (laughs) yeah we found it (laughs) yeah so and we made it to atlanta oh yeah yeah that was uh i'm pretty sure you made me drive too and that was already scary but i did make you drive yeah pulling your trailer yeah yeah pulling my dog trailer because it was a night and i had no clue where i was going and you were like oh i know where i'm going Hop, hop in the driver's seat turn me loose so you have a pretty great reputation for being a dog whisperer and for people that don't know kai larson has hunt em up kennels and i never say your town right because i'm from the south Pescat, kansas we would say what did i always call it Honestly, Kansas. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's what most people say. It's named after a guy named T.E. Scott. So, I mean, I guess you can, it gets pronounced a lot. It's kind of like my name. My name gets butchered all the time, too. Yeah, it does. Hi, Rain. 
So anyways, the, back in the day when I first started in short hairs, there was this Facebook group and a lot of us that were about the same age scattered all over the country were on this Facebook group together. And it was really fun for me to get to meet all these people that were so involved with the industry in so many different directions because it is overwhelming when you first get your dog like, what are you going to do with it? You know, your dog needs a job and you know, you want to get involved, but there's a lot of options and, and there's a lot of close knit groups. So it doesn't always seem like everybody's approachable, but that group made it very easy for me. So I'll never forget. I don't really remember why we came out there, but I told my friend Jess, who's a photographer here in North Georgia, it's like, we are going to Kansas and we're leaving in three days. And she was like, what? And I said, I've never been out there. And Kai says, we need to come out there. And we're going to drive all the way to Kansas to work dogs for like two days. And then we're just going to come home and it's just going to be great. And she's like, oh my God, you've lost your mind. And that was <laughs> so much fun. And I got to meet the Kaisers that trip. And to this day, we're all still great friends. And our kids served on the NYLC together. And so I've got to spend a lot of great moments with the Kaisers all over the country. Um, and we met them in Tescott, Kansas, running dogs in a cow field. Yep. In a cattle pasture. Yep. Yep. Lots of fun. So since that time, that was um, six years ago, Mercy's a almost seven years ago. A lot has happened since then, especially like all the things that you've accomplished with your dogs. And we were all kind of figuring out what direction we were going to go. And I, I mean, you were way further along than I ever would imagine being with dogs, but we were running hunting tournaments at the time. And then you bailed and left and went and joined the field trial world. Yeah. I started doing field trials and horseback and walking and I didn't have a horse, don't have a horse. So that kind of made the horseback game a little more difficult, but did a lot of hunt tests, both NAVD and AKC after that. So that's kind of where I've made my niche right now, I guess. So. But your been... dogs aren't just the in the testing world. Like you, you breed hunters. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I love to hunt myself and that's first and foremost, what I want to produce is a good wild bird dog and dog that's also capable of excelling in multiple different venues it's really important to me to have that and then have this too the dog that can just lay on my lap and be my buddy so yeah well when you came to georgia i think we had eight dogs in the living room maybe <laughs> maybe more it was one of those things where it was like sure. get your seat or there's not going to be a seat left because we let all the short hairs in the house <laughs> 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 oh gosh it was fun it was lots of fun so gas station you remember the gas station yeah i remember the gas station we were actually going to tommy's house to run dogs that day <laughs> and we stopped it was it's not just a gas station it's a truck stop <laughs> <laughs> i just get so annoyed by sometimes like people's smart aleck comments about the dog world and that day that got just like i don't know he rubbed me wrong and so it was hilarious <laughs> it's like what are you guys hauling in there 
goats. Show goats. We got our show goats. goats. Yeah, goats. Drink yeah, beer and no, there's just rock star dogs in here. It's but... not what you said. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. <laughs> so you need to brag on these dogs that you've raised and that you have such a high percentage of your puppies coming back to you for training and all the titles that they get because I know how much pride you take with your dogs and the and the success that they have with their owners when they're handling them um because you always post about it and everything so I want I want the update we haven't talked on the phone in a long time well um last year Pearl won field trial dam of the year um through GSBCA um she was I believe second in the standing as as far as the hunt test dam of the year so that was pretty cool um pretty pretty lucky to have a lot of owners of pearl puppies that have done a lot with them um my pearl mason litters the last two have been extremely successful um multiple fcs afcs master hunters navda ut ones uh one vc to to date um out of that litter um i can't i'd have to sit down and put a pen and paper on it and tell you how many of of each but that that litter has been extremely successful but um sitka's been producing some really nice puppies for me too um just i just i just don't enjoy doing multiple different things with my dogs i mean testing them and putting them out there in front of people and and trialing them um i think it's important to not get stuck in just one venue i mean so many people are they just do field trials with their short hairs or just do hunt test one akc or navda and um these are versatile dogs that's what they were originally meant to be and and um i think to a certain extent being versatile with them um means proving them in multiple different venues um i know the original point of the the breed was to to have a a versatile dog that could you know hunt fur and uh birds and things like that but i I think in today's world um and especially testing and trialing you can you can have a dog that earns a master hunt title that isn't worth feeding. You can have a FC that's the same way. And I've seen some BCs that way myself. And I think it's important to, to prove dogs that, 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 that can do it in every different venue. I mean, if they can do it in every different venue, they're probably a pretty decent dog. So um, that's important to me. That's what I'm trying to do with my dogs. And um, maybe it's not. Why do you think people don't? Do you think it's because. They just do what they know, or do you think it's because of the work of doing multiple? I think it's hard. I mean, it's it's hard to jump from one game to the next with the dog, and that's you know, all these all these different things that we do with our game, dogs. Are different venues or their games, and the dogs got to learn them. They've got to be trainable to 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 play a different game. You know, I started out in BDC and UFTA games and we're we're taking these dogs and we're putting them in a cracker box field and expecting them to find birds and 
in a very short amount of time. And there's some really good bird dogs that play that game. There's some excellent bird dogs that play that game, but by the same token, um, now we're going to shift gears and we're going to go and, and we're going to turn that dog loose in a horse in front of a horse and say, here you go. There's a 30 minute course and go burn it up. And we don't want to see you. Um, we're taking a very, 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 um, trying to think of the way to put it. Um, we're taking a dog that, that has to be very, very handleable. Uh, that's not even the right word. That's a terrible word. Um, they have to have a very good handle. Um, they have to listen to you and um, to play the BDC game. They have to just you know, go from one spot to the next and find their birds and, and shut off the clock as quick as possible. And, you know, field trials are a totally different game. You're asking that dog to be extremely independent and and go 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 be a bird dog use the cover wisely hunt hunt forward and in front of you and and be very independent um we don't in a field trial world we don't we don't want a dog that checks in a lot we want them to go find a bird and we'll find you standing um and uh can a dog be successful at both of those i mean well i guess sika has I I mean I've got a couple different dogs that have I mean I I I mean I I know that dogs from the same breedings can be successful with it I've got uh, those Pearl Mason puppies there there's multiple FCs in that litter and uh, AFC and there's some there's a VC there's several master hunters and one of the puppies went out to a good friend of mine out in Nevada Brian Matthews and uh, oh Brian runs the BDC. Yeah, he runs BDC, and uh, he got that puppy as a started dog and took it, and I don't think he had it but about a couple months and went and won national uh, the, the puppy of the year at nationals with it. This so, year? Uh, no, two. I think it was two years ago. So. Oh, I would have been well, there. Actually, it would have been. Eh, no, yeah, you were there. Two years ago. I think it was two the years ago. The year that ago. you came? Probably, yeah. I think that was the year that he won it with him, so but well, I didn't you know, realize all that was going breeding on. The dogs, so you're um, right. And that was something that I didn't understand when I got my first dog, of course. And she's still a firecracker at eight, which we talk about. Um, so I, I wish I had known more. And now I tell people that are just starting, it's like, if you can get a finished dog, that can take care of you so that you can learn is like the best way to learn. Like starting out with a firecracker two-year-old dog when you're first starting and learning to shoot all at once is so much that you're almost just setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. Especially in the game that you and I started in playing. I mean, you've got to have a dog that, that does everything it's supposed to do. And you've got to be perfect on your end as a handler too. You miss a shot and you're done. You yeah, know, exactly. You shot yourself out of everything. So, um, AKC and NAVDA and, uh, you know, whether it's AKC field trials or hunt tests, I think they're, they're a little bit different. They're more, the performance is more on the dog, but there's still a lot of things as a handler that you can do to, set your dog up for success or or by the same token not be successful with it so um you know i i've tried to get several new people involved in field trials just you know letting them handle sitka um you know he's 
he's not the best field trial dog in the world, but he's pretty darn successful. And he goes out there and he places in most of the events that we go to, but he's just, he's easy for most of the time. Um, I can take him and turn him loose with somebody that's never played the game before and they can go have success with them. And that's, um, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's huge. Um, thank God that I was offered opportunities like that to help me gain knowledge and confidence in the field. And that's really what happened with me with the labs. You know, I never played another game with the short hairs, but UFTA and BDC. I never got into any of the tests or anything like that. And I really just still to this day, I'm not all that tempted. Um, but when I ran a, I ran a lab for the first time, I not even watched a flesh and field. Like, I mean, you know how it is when we're watching fields all day. I was still in the learning curve of learning plants and watching plants and trying to calculate what birds were still in the field and all that stuff. So I never even watched one until I was in the middle of one and I just got caught by the bug. And then, um, I love, I just loved pheasant hunting with the flusher. So I don't, I don't know. I, I, I just like, I don't know what took me out of the South and running quail and stuff got me out of the pointing world, but now I'm, I'm finding myself eager to get Dolly back in the field because she runs more my speed where mercy is still a firecracker like still she thinks if we go hunting she thinks the clock is still on i cannot get her to shut that off yeah like this one's for fun and we're not racing but she wants to race yeah and it's that's a it's a hard deal to do is to get a dog that can this can switch gears and go from one game to the next um you know that's especially playing BDC and UFTA like we did um, and then going and running, running in AKC field trials and GSPCA field trials and stuff like that. I mean, GSPCA is a completely different ball game than AKC in my opinion. Um, the, not necessarily the, the talent of the dogs, but what's, what's asked of them is different. And we're talking an hour steak versus 30 minute steak and, um, it's just, it's just more involved in there. So. So what you got going on out in Kansas right now? Training dogs, going to trials on the weekends and taking care of cattle. So, um, busy <laughs> cattle sounds like some people's <laughs> dream life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not too bad. There's definitely worse things to do. So, so have you had a litter lately? Yeah, Rain's got a litter of puppies. Um, Rain is sitting here in my lap. She's taking a break from her puppies, but she she had some Ruger puppies for me. So I lost Ruger, oh, yeah. kind of the dog that started it all for me. But um, I bred her, did an AI breeding um, with Rain and Ruger. And so I've got four little Rain Ruger puppies in the in the house right now so so but, have you picked one out yet or are you just going to keep actually, them all and then decide well i actually am not keeping one but i'm placing two of them in homes where i'll have close access to them and um, be able to help with the training and um 
I've got too many dogs, only so many spots. So <laughs> trying to, I found myself trying in that position a little bit. So yeah. but, what happens with that? Like for some reason, it's like a short hair addiction. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I used to have more dogs than I have now, but I was guiding hunts all the time. So um, how many dogs do you have right now? I own 12. Oh my gosh. You really do have 12? Yeah, I own 12. I used to have 16. But oh I was guiding Lord. hunts and guiding 100 to 120 days out of the year and hunting on my own. And so I needed them. Yeah. I don't need that many dogs now, but I've got young dogs coming up and got some older dogs and just kind of at that point where I've got dogs on the old side and dogs, a lot of young dogs that I'm trying to bring up and trying to see who gets to stay. So, and, uh, well, okay. So we went on that list. So let me tell you about tater bug. When you met tater, she was running around in pull-ups playing with Sika as a puppy. They were almost the same size <sighs> today. She shot it was her first day graduating because she's shooting with Demas. She shot with Demas when you yep. came. She shot with him on the course that I shoot at on the, the clay course that's closer to our house. And um, I couldn't believe it. Like, I literally could not believe watching her knock down these, like, really technical targets. And she just moved into, like, super simple report pairs. And... I love that she gets to learn from him because he's the best. Like he's the best trainer shooting coach I've ever worked with. I'm so grateful that he came into my life, but you know, we've waited and waited and waited for her to be big enough to run, like really run a dog. Like she's ran dogs and always had a shooter or she's like, walked with the dog in the field and then got to shoot but she's never been able to do anything on her own you know yeah she's finally getting there and i'm like god this kid has been so patient she sat in the truck or on the sidelines and watched me for years her whole life and so it's really cool to see her get to do that now and so she's gonna want another short hair i'm sure i mean dolly right now is dolly is six so she's got a few years, but I can't see Taterbug without a short hair. Yeah. Well, maybe she needs a puppy to work with. Uh, I think we can just leave it there <laughs> until it's ready. You can send me one of those great dogs that that you that doesn't make your cut because it would be just fine for us. <laughs> <laughs> we can maybe do that. Maybe do that. And we like the black dogs too, you know, like there's such controversy going on with all these colors and all this stuff. I mean, the short hair world is so unique. It is. With um, all the politics. And I am oblivious to it, you know, like I just do what I do and I have a good time doing it. And so I always run into like sticking my foot in my mouth or something like so unintentionally because I'm just there to have a good time. Right. So I think you've done a really good job representing our little bubble with the short hair world. And 
I don't, I don't, I've always said that you do a piss poor job of marketing yourself because you're really, really good at what you do. Yeah. I'm, I'm marketing is not my thing. <laughs> if y'all want to know about the best trainer that people don't know, it's Kyle Larson. I'll let, <laughs> he's, I'll let my dogs talk for me. He's out there counting cows. <laughs> they normally do a pretty decent job of talking for me. So they do. They really do. And they're so sweet. I mean, your dogs have a special gift of an off switch in the house that isn't always super common. No, it's not, but it should be. Mercy got kicked out. If you look behind (laughs) me right here, this mallard on the wall, that was the first mallard ever shot. Well, you can see it's lost some of its butt feathers. (laughs) That was from like six years ago. She ate that one off. And then I had this pair of quail that I had this, it was my favorite mount. And I just had it done last year and mom loves Mercy. And she's like, Mercy shouldn't be in the kennel. You need to bring her in the house. You're so bad. You just traded her for littles, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, Mercy put herself in the kennel because she's so vindictive and she gets mad and acts out. So I can't trust her all the time. Right. Mom gave me the guilt trip. So I brought her in the house one night. I mean, Littles is still in the house too, but. So Mercy's in the bed with me like normal. I'm like, she's going to love me for forever, you know? And oh no, she waits till I go to sleep. She comes downstairs. I get up the next day, feathers everywhere. She's shred the quail. And I'm like, okay, well, your ass is going back to the kennel. So she gets to play during the day, but she cannot sleep in the house unless I put her in the crate. And I'm like, what's the difference? Like, if you're down there, you've got all this room to run around and you have this comfy bed and everything. Like, do you really just want to be in a crate in the house? Yeah. I don't know. She's just a mess. And I know there's a lot of people out there with dogs like that. They don't know that there is another way. That's that's what you need to tell the story. There is another way. Dolly's not like that. Dolly doesn't shred anything. She's She's pretty great, but... Mercy is a whole nother ball game. Some of it's the owners. <laughs> well, we both of those dogs are in the same house. <laughs> and Littles is perfect. So <laughs> but you're right. I did make a lot of bad mistakes with her because she was the first one. I force fetched her. Yes. I remember. Yeah, you did. And listen, I can put a ribeye in her mouth. I will, the next time we have something tasty like that, I will bring her up here. I can put steak in her mouth and tell her to hold, and she will hold it until I give her permission to eat it. Rain just knocked the phone out of my Rain. So she's, she's great when she has a job, but she just can't be left to her own devices because she finds trouble. Yeah. And a lot of people say that's the character of a short hair, but I know that it's not the character of every short hair. No, it shouldn't be. They should have an off switch. Okay, so you always have a dog loose in your house. Just about all the time. Yes. So what's the worst thing that's happened with your perfect dogs? Mm, The worst thing. Oh. I mean, they've gotten in the trash a couple times. That that was usually my fault. 
it's hard to keep a dog out of a trash depending on what's in it. Yeah. Um. Come on, I've heard you yell at Sitka. I honestly, I has Sitka. I don't think Sitka's ever done anything in the house. Now, I he did pee on my leg at a field trial one time. <laughs> that that made me mad. He straight up lifted his leg and marked right on my leg before we started. No, uh, way. no. yeah. <laughs> Okay, you got it. You've got, they've had to do something crazy in the house. Pearl's chewed up a few things before. What did you do to make her do that? Because Pearl's like perfect. She's what? Is Pearl 40 pounds? Pearl's 45. She's like the low end of breed standard. But she's a tiny little thing. I probably walked off and was working another dog in the front yard, and she thought that was just a pile of crap <laughs> that's what mercy does I, to me every day grab a hold of something and let me know that she wasn't pleased with me yeah but no i typically crate my dogs when i leave but i mean sitka sitka literally stays in the house almost all the time he just sleeps on the bed and he rides shotgun in the truck yeah He'll ride in a dog box too. Pearl hates riding in a dog box. Ruger hated dog, riding in a dog box. Ruger was just the boss, and he was a he was a monster. Ruger was a big boy. Eh, he wasn't that big. He was about fifty eight pounds. Oh, I just thought he was so much bigger. He was very muscular. Ruger was a swimmer. I do remember that he would dive head first down in the ponds. He loved water. Not all short hairs love water. Were we hunting doves? Or- no, we were we were in Kentucky. Oh yeah. <clears throat> when he went after that turtle. That's right. I was thinking I was thinking of somebody else. It was like straight out uh-huh. of Sweet Home Alabama. You know where they tossed that <clears throat> bone or whatever off the dock and that bloodhound just jumps in the water and goes to the bottom. Like yeah. pulls it up. That was that's like what Ruger would have done. We were I was I was dove hunting with a buddy not far from the house here, and it was really hot that day. And I let Ruger hop in the stock tank that we were hunting by. And next thing I know, he's got his head underneath the water, like trying to dive after something. There was a turtle in the tank. <laughs> <laughs> How old was he when he passed? 15 so i mean you had him the whole time right i had him i brought him home at i believe i brought him home at seven weeks yeah it was better than what i probably should have but uh, yeah it was it was seven seven half weeks because Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. I'm I'm positive it was less than eight weeks, which I'm not quite sure why breeders let their dogs go before that. But he came home with me and was with me ever since until he had liver failure. That's what finally got him. But he lived a good life. He was a special dog. Yeah, well, he hunted all over the country. Yeah, he did. He, yeah. 
You got to go a lot of places. Talking about you going all over the country. I'm so excited. You got to go to the Northwoods to the grouse woods. Yeah, that was awesome. So who was your rock star up there? Did you get Sitka? Who did you take? I took, what did I take? 14 dogs with me. I think I took 14. Um, I took some client dogs and all my personal dogs and loaded up and went to hunt with my buddy Ross up in Wisconsin. And um, all, most of the dogs did really well. Um, Phoenix did not. She had a rough trip. She had a trouble sticking with me and she's a pretty big running dog and she got lost a couple times and thank yeah. God for Yes. Um, right. Everybody else adjusted pretty well. I was really happy with that. I mean, when you've been to Kansas, we hunt places where you can see a long ways and I let the dogs run and not too worried about how far they run as long as, as long as they do their job when they find a bird and then you get up to the North woods and there's places where you can't see 30 yards. So right. there was numerous times Ross and I were hunting together and he'd say something or I'd say something and, you know, you couldn't see the other person. Um, I mean, even with orange on you're 30 to 40 yards apart and you can't see who you're, who you're hunting with sometimes. Um, it was, it was a crazy experience. Um, a lot of fun went up there and hunted in the snow. It snowed the whole time we were there. Um, it was an early snow, wasn't it? Like, wasn't uh, it? It was like, not real. I couldn't believe that yeah, y'all got so much snow. All right. Well, was it late October, early November when I went? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, I left Kansas and it started snowing here and I didn't stop until I was on my way home. I love it up there so much. Just the entire culture up there is so overlooked by bird hunters, I think. Because uh, you were in Wisconsin, right? Yeah. Yeah. And just going, the the public land there is just so cool because it still feels so homey up there for some reason. Like Wisconsin just feels like you're stepping back in time. You're riding the dirt roads. You're picking your woods. And then all the bird hunters end up at the corner bar after the hunt because everybody's starving, you know, and it's like wings time and everybody's telling their story and everybody's talking about their dogs. And I mean, Taterbug even misses it. That kid has walked so many passes with us um, in those grouse woods. And for her, like that is so hard, but she loved it. It's, it was some of the tougher walking I'd ever done bird hunting. I mean, and it's not, it's not tough walking per se. It's just you're navigating the trees. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're either stepping over trees or you're stepping around trees. You're trying to, trying to swing and shoot at a bird. And I, I had a perfect shot on one. I mean, you don't get very many shots where you can actually make a full swing on a bird and, this bird gets up and I'm swinging on it. And all of a sudden my gun barrel stops and I just hit this like little sap. <laughs> and I'm like, 
no, like, like that was a dead bird. And, it and every single time too, they find the dang pine trees that you can't shoot through, you oh, know, yeah. and it's like, oh my God, why out of all this space, the one tree in the line of the bird it ha- and it's, it is so much fun. I don't know it, why you get there and you like have to walk a million miles out of the way for the swamps. I don't know where this water comes from, but all of a sudden, like you can't keep going in the path you're going. And that's why I guess it's so easy to get lost up there because there's no way you can walk a straight line. Yeah. Well, and you can't, I mean, it's hard to tell where you're going too. I mean, you get get in the woods and you're trying to figure out which way is which. And I I got lost one time (laughs) and I was hunting with a trainer from Texas and we were like the only two from the South and we're in our group. And somehow we get paired together and we're like shooting, like, where are you guys? Like, come find us. Yeah. And, then, and then we didn't get to hunt together after that because we were, I mean, you, when you talk about going in direction, like you guys talk about that, you know, you go North for so many miles and turn, you don't talk like that in the South because you go all four directions on one road. So you don't talk in direction. So when we get up there and everybody talks like that, and that's how you navigate the woods. And I, it was, it was like speaking Greek to me, but it was, it was always so much fun. I do miss those times a lot. <laughs> what? I was up there with Ross and he, he hunts up there. I mean, he's lived up there his whole life and he, he bear hunts and he cat hunts and he bird hunts. I mean, the guy, he hunts all the time and he's, he lives in those woods and so he knows where he's at all the time and i i mean there was times i didn't have a clue where i was at so (laughs) you know and we're hunting the snow is on and you're talking about water well there's still water underneath the snow and i mean i we went on like a two-hour walk i think it was the third day i was there and we weren't 80 yards from the truck and I stepped in a bog and went like knee deep (laughs) shoe fills up with water. It's cold. And I'm like, let's just go. And and we're just going. So I'm, I've got a, I've got a shoe full of water and hunting in 30 degree weather. And And you think, why am I doing this? I don't think we saw or shot or heard a flush. Nothing on that walk. <laughs> and and, I ended up but then, dog back on my shoulders because oh, the trip I took Phoenix on, and she had fallen in several bogs, and she was so cold that, like, she literally was just like healing at my side towards the end of the walk, and I carried her about a half mile out on my shoulders, but. That was that was not the funnest hunt we had while I was up there. Well, and the crazy thing about it is as miserable as you are in the moment, you think, why am I doing this? And then as soon as it's over, all you're doing is talking about the next day. Like, this is what we're going to oh. do tomorrow. <laughs> it's like, how miserable do we have to be before we don't want to come back? I don't know. I never experienced that. I definitely I definitely will go back. It, it was a lot of fun and. And I got to, I got to watch a lot of good dog work and that was fun to watch my broke dog. It's so different. What's that? It's so different when you're in the woods like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, there was times that, there was times that we were hunting, you know, Ross's dogs are all 
broke and most of mine were broke that I was hunting or, or their young dogs that I'm working on, on being broke. And so, uh, you know, walking up to them and not knowing where they are, except for the GPS vibrating and telling you they're on point walking in finding them. And then you hear a bird flush. You may not even see the bird flush, but the dog does what it's supposed to do. And I mean, that's what it's all about, you know, I've, mm-hmm. and I've hunted all over. I've, I've guided hunts and, you know, for me, it's, I enjoy shooting birds, but it's not about getting my limit to have fun. Like, that's not why I'm out there. It's about the dogs and watching the dogs work and do what they were trained to do. Um, I I was so excited when you texted me and said you were headed up there because it is, it's one of those things that once you go, you want to go every year. Definitely. We'll be back. I'd like to go when the leaves are on, um, Oh my gosh. It is. Okay. So you guys have have to say a few prayers afterwards to like repent for all the cussing I'll I'll be doing. (laughs) How how do people even shoot a grouse when the leaves are on? I don't know. Let me think. think. I think I've only shot woodcock and one grouse with the leaves on. I think all my limits were when the leaves were off. We may or may not a bird or two out of a tree. Who? We. Ross. <laughs> so. We we actually, there's probably like grouse purists that'll ate me for this, but <laughs> Jade goes on point. Ron and Ross's dogs, Pearl Puppy. I Okay, so Jade walks to Ross. I didn't know that. Okay. Yep. So she goes on point, we're walking in and I can tell from the way she's standing, like the birds, the birds a long ways away from her. I'm walking around this brush pile. I'm looking for a bird. I mean, and these birds typically flush pretty easy. It's not like you got to kick them up and I don't see a bird anywhere. And She's, I look back at her and she's like, she's got her head really high. And I look up in the tree and about 20 feet up in the tree, there's a grouse. I can't believe it's that there. Sitting there. And I look at Ross and I go, Ross, it's in the tree. He goes, yeah, I see it. And he's like, you want to shoot it? We tried to get. (laughs) it wouldn't fly so it was his turn to shoot so he shot and this bird falls but it's not the bird i'm looking at what I, no way so I, shoot, I shoot the bird that i was looking at no way that will never happen again we're standing there we both have birds in our hands after the dogs bring them to us rock <laughs> looks back up in the tree there's still a grouse sitting in the trees no way it was crazy but i i don't know i don't know did you save one to mount because i definitely mounted a grouse i I did not mount anything um i've got a couple cool pictures um shot a what do they call them a gray phrase and a red phase Mm -hmm. um but so i shot two different phases of grouse that was pretty cool um i definitely would like to get one to mount 
But what I was surprised with was how easily their feathers come out. They're almost like a dove. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't, you know, it was cold and it was, wasn't super late in the year, but I would have figured it would have been late enough in the year that their feathers wouldn't have fallen out so easy, but maybe that's just the way grouse are. Um, yeah, about, I think you, if you're going to get one to grab or mount, you'd about have to just shoot it and walk and pick it up and not let your dogs touch it. Like it's because so many feathers come out when the Mine dog looks good. Does it? Mm-hmm. And you well, know what? Like you're going to think this is such a sin, <laughs> but I always shot all my birds with a lab. <laughs> <laughs> not even lying i did hunt dolly there's no way i would have been able to stay in mercy in the grouse woods but i always took dolly always and every single time i never got to shoot a bird over her i mean she pointed so many birds and there was always that stupid tree i couldn't shoot through and <laughs> so it just happens like that like you just never know how your luck's gonna fall you know but i think about it i'm like the short hair snob trash talk lasts for so long only shot her grouse over laughed <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. It's funny how life comes back to bite you in the ass. <laughs> yeah. What was it? Short hair snob? Yeah. And it was taken off. I was like, I'm loving this. I'm going to have a whole t-shirt line. This hashtag is gold. And then it was like, nope, happy hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, I started out with labs and then went to the good side. Yeah, I would never believe that you had a lab. I had two labs. That's the I started guiding with labs. My first lab was a little black lab named Hunter. And he was a good dog for a kid that didn't know anything about dogs. Oh, well, I wish I'd gotten a dog like that my first time, but I got mercy. <laughs> Yeah. But, but mercy has taught me so much like i think what stories would i have if i didn't have all these stories about mercy making a fool of me in the field you know like every time we'd get on a good roll she would always end up giving me the finger like never failed never failed like she could not just stay good she had to be a rock star and then screw you <laughs> yeah that's the way some dogs are oh my gosh i do love her and she's still beautiful but i don't know i mean it's just the way it goes and so there's probably a lot of people out there that they didn't even know the difference like i guess i'm just so fortunate enough to get to be around so many other different dogs to know the difference yeah rain is going to see her puppies now i know that's your soapbox <laughs> this is your soapbox but you have to be nice about it but you should educate people because you do have rock star dogs and everybody that gets your dogs are successful what what's my soapbox supposed to be just about people not understanding genetics well. you know like that that there's there's a blanket rule with breeds and people fall in love with a certain breed and they don't realize that there are differences within the breed. Absolutely. Um, 
I, I can't stand Facebook groups and stuff like that because of like, <laughs> I know. The speed Facebook groups. So most people like the, the big funny thing now is that like adult girlfriends, all they do is share memes back and forth. Well, forever before I got kicked off Facebook, all me and Kai did was screenshot Facebook groups and <laughs> send comments back and forth. Like, can you believe somebody said this? <laughs> I miss those days. Oh, it's the stupid stuff that people let their dogs do. And then they blame their dog. <laughs> and so you're the problem. You're the owner that doesn't have control of your dog. Oh. At all. Pearls in my lap and so is rain. Oh, my gosh. Let me see. Let me take a picture. Oh, my gosh. There's two of them. Hey, Pearl, baby. She's going to be 11 in December. That's so cool. Okay, so get back to your soapbox because I think this is so valuable. Like I have people on here that talk about all the time, but you might be the first short hair person that I've had on my podcast. I think you're a legend, even though like you just stay in your little bubble and I give you heck about it all the time. But But you've done so much with your dogs that people don't know about. I mean, people in the bubble do, but people outside the bubble can't go to your website and be like, oh my gosh, Kyle Larson has a ribbon on every single dog he's ever bred, which is almost the truth. I bred a couple of decent ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually have a gal working on my website. Good. And I'm going to update it. And I'm going to actually have dogs on there that they're still alive and stuff. <laughs> yay <laughs> so if y'all want to know about really amazing short hairs go in the middle of kansas in the middle of nowhere that's where the that's where the good dogs are i There's found that place it was so much fun <clears throat> it was so much fun i'll still i will still uh see richard and, and yell jimmy dean to him i'll never forget that i mean he was a total stranger and i mean that's just the love of the bird dog world is that once you bond over a dog you're like best friends for life and you really don't even know the people but you have a, a dog bond and it's this legit yeah and me and jess were in right. the, rest of the bunk beds and he banged on our door every morning like so loud and he would just yell, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean. Like, we're eating Jimmy Dean biscuits every <laughs> single morning. I'm like, who is this guy? And what is wrong with him? <laughs> and now he's like one of the funniest people I know. <laughs> he used to come up every summer and bring his RV and park it in my yard and help train dogs for a week or so. Well, now they have they have um, graduated. I mean, heck, they're out guiding for people. Yeah, they're I love it. Going I love and it. traveling everywhere. Patricia it's, it's Kaiser awesome. has done so much for women in the uplands. Like, I'm so she's proud that she's my friend. Yeah. I mean, she raises a ton of money. She opens the door for people to get involved. She's, I mean, she's just a little rock star. She's just a little bitty thing, but she is a rock star. I think her and Noel didn't, weren't they the ones that started the, women on the wing chapter down there by houston yeah in houston yeah yeah they're doing some awesome stuff down there they really Getting are they have a lot of events going on and um they do a really nice job 
they have a shooting tournament and fundraisers. They they have all kinds of cool stuff, but they have a, such a great circle to build with. I'm really jealous. I guess I could move. I mean, I guess this is the longest I've stayed in Georgia in a long time. Houston's not that far. <laughs> Houston's not far. It's not that Nowhere far. Nowhere is very far, really. I mean, the dog world's small. Well, I know, but it's not like everybody is like us that says, okay, let's load up 10 plus dogs and drive three days. That's not normal, but it's normal to us. Yeah, I do it so (laughs) much. It's not a big deal. I know it's so funny. Like I think about your mom from time to time, like before you had kennel help and you would be like, hmm, I wonder if my mom will babysit. (laughs) You're like, I got this slew of dogs and you're asking your mom to keep all your dogs. I do the same thing. Like I left town this last time I was, I'm not exactly sure where I even went, but my mom sends me a selfie. She's riding around on her brand new golf cart with her Aussie. She's got one of the prettiest Aussies ever lived. I mean, worthless Aussie for a working dog, but she's beautiful. (laughs) And she goes and takes little. She comes over to the house, goes to the kennel. She's like, well, I thought Littles might want to ride. Okay, she's not going to take Mercy out, but she's going to make me feel guilty about leaving Mercy in the kennel. So she takes Littles. She sends me a selfie. All three of them just riding around on the farm. She puts Littles in the truck, goes and picks up Tater from school. I mean, it's <laughs> hilarious how our moms have, like, taken our world because they're not like us. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm lucky to have my mom. She helped me out a lot, for sure, be able to load up and go to bird dog tournaments or go to hunt tests or field trials and hey mom can you take care of the dogs this weekend and she'd come over and take care of my dogs and yeah she loves them she makes mixed dog biscuits i was about to say i bet your mom's in the kitchen for these dogs (laughs) oh yeah she she's gotta have a bag of treats for them every time she comes over and helps them so i do have kennel help now though so i've got a trainer now helping me out so she doesn't have to do that much, but oh, it's awesome. It's awesome. We're getting a lot done. It's nice. It's not so nice to be able to work broke dogs and not have to handle two dogs at once because you got somebody else that's capable of handling handling one for you. And it's just I'm not quite sure how I did what I did training master dogs and stuff by myself as much as I did but it's nice to have the help for sure. I don't know how you did it either. I could, I mean, I didn't even want the headache of just keeping birds alive. Not even like the headache of training by myself. It was the headache of being on the road and having to keep birds alive. That was so hard. Yeah. Yeah, that's, even even when you're just in one spot keeping birds alive stuff sometimes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i know because you've had you've had some issues where your pigeons got wiped out i remember yeah, and I had a flock of about 70 homers that got wiped out in a couple of nights that that sucked you don't you don't realize how valuable your your homing pigeons are until they're not there to train with um that really sucks <laughs> and yeah, then, I mean, they really then are buy new birds and train new birds and and get them ready to use and that's it's not a not a good situation so there might be people listening that don't understand the value of a pro trainer which i preach all the time 
because having friends that were pro trainers, um, having people that helped me learn what I do know made me more successful in everything that I've done. And so my advice has always been find the trainer that's producing the dog that you want and then have them help you find the puppy that they can, they can build to make you the dog that you dream of. And that's really like a backwards kind of thing when people don't understand the value of spending that kind of money on their dog. You know, people are already spending a larger amount now than they have in the past on the genetics that they want, you know, and then they don't understand that that dog is not going to turn into their ideal dog unless it goes through the program. That's, that's very true. Um, but the amount of money and the time and effort that you put into your dog is, is going to be, it's going to be worth it in the long run. I mean, you know, I, I get people all the time that, I don't want a dog like that, or I don't want a dog like, you know, they'll, they'll say Sitka, or I want a dog like Pearl. And it's like, well, you know, the dog you're looking at in Pearl is a 10 year old dog that's been trained since she was a puppy. Um, and it's been on how many are, birds? How many? Yeah. How thousands. Many thousands. Yeah. Um, you know, I want a dog like Sitka. Well, Sitka is a seven year old dog that's been on, thousands of birds and he's he's been broke since he was a year and a half old and not you know he's expected to to be broken and to handle his birds correctly and you know it's it's a lot of a lot of time and money that that an effort that goes into getting that dog where you want it to be um that you know you buy the puppy buy the genetics and that's the cheap part the the hard parts invest in the time and the money to to get the dog where you want it um and you know lately i've been very fortunate to have a lot of puppy buyers that that have invested a lot of their selves and their time and their money um into the into the puppies that they bought from me and to make them successful to make them master hunters to make them nav to ut dogs to make them nav to vcs to make them AKCFCs, you know, things like that. It's, uh, there's a lot of, lot of work that goes into those titles and, um, then they, they wild bird hunt them too. They, they, they're, they're constantly doing something with their dogs. Um, and, you know, find a, find a breeder. If you're going to buy a puppy, find a breeder and find a trainer that, that that's willing to work with you. Um, you know, I, people buy dogs from me and, come back and come back and train on the weekends. And, you know, I met a lot of good people and, and formed a lot of great relationships through people that have bought puppies from me and, and do come back and work their dogs and, and learn how to handle their dogs learn how to be a, learn how to train their dogs. Um, there's, there's a lot to that. It's a huge investment, but you know, I think a lot of these people, if you sat down and talked to them, they they wouldn't trade it for anything because they, they've got an awesome dog in return. So, oh, my gosh. And it's not just the the dog at the end. They wouldn't have traded those experiences. No, absolutely. I mean, I think that's been the funnest part of all. And now, you know, I was telling you. 
because we never really got into the hunt test world on the pointer side, we just hunted them. And it was going to be so long for Tater to get to the point where she was independent that the retriever world really sucked us in because of that, of giving her independence, because I was scared that she would lose interest if she didn't have something on her own. And now I can't get away from it. I absolutely love um, that world. And like, I've done all the upland training on littles and she's been extremely successful. I mean, her first tournament, she brought home a trophy and that was like two weeks after her first birthday. But now once you run finished dogs, like she's not to the point that I want. And of course I want to be duck hunting too. And she's definitely not steady enough for that. But I don't have the knowledge to take her there. And it just kills me. Like, I am going to have to send her off. But it doesn't kill me that I'm not going to be doing the training. I just won't be able to go through the process. Like, I want to be out there. I don't even care if I was throwing birds, you know? Like, I just love the process of it so much. And until people experience that with their own dog and get to be part of that journey, like, I don't know. It's probably the best part, I think, of the whole dog's life is building it yeah well, go find it try to find a trainer that you can go work with well i have i have but it's just it's not gonna i mean it's not gonna be able to be my everyday like it has been in the past well yeah but if you learn the process then you can do some of it when you get home too oh yeah you know? but i'm not I, raising ducks heck to the no the scrolling <laughs> raising ducks that is don't you have a pond right near front yard or something or your parents do or yeah well no it's at my house yeah and we've got all the geese here now and the mallards are coming in yeah it's um it's right here at the edge of the kennel too so it's a lot of fun uh it creates a lot of racket see you just need a pin and then you can raise some of your own you got a little pond and turn out on. you know that whole water work thing that's a whole different level of training than what we do on the pointer side. Yeah. Get involved with NAVDA. And yeah, and I never did start that. Doing that. I'm not, I never work. wanted to be part of NAVDA because I'm a shooter at heart. I don't want somebody else shooting for me. That's what sucked me into the tournament world was I shot for myself. As a shooter, yeah. I could not give that up. Well, it's about training now does more about training your dog for hunting purposes. I mean, the testing is a benefit to that, but and it's a way to prove that your dog can do the required things. But in the end, you end up with a better hunting dog. Yeah, I probably should have taken mercy there. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Is that your nice <laughs> way of saying <laughs> I missed the boat? No. No. <laughs> maybe so maybe that's what i should have done but i didn't know about it you didn't tell me about it you were my mentor you didn't say hey guess what there's another game out there besides ufta that you could get involved with that would help you handle her better in the field i think you jumped into labs by that point you'd maybe. already dark side no nah, i didn't do that until like three years ago <clears throat> okay I, I was I was running wide open mercy for a long time, but it was it was a lot of fun. Dolly brought more balance to that world, but I never had a rain look at her. 
she's I think she's enjoying the break from the puppies. I think she is too. She's been there the whole time. Chilling. <laughs> yeah. I love that you have all the black dogs too. I love the black. I love the blacks. I'm glad that got passed. Let me tell you. So when we first started UFTA and we'd pull up and there was Bernie Birkenholtz with all of his black dogs, they'd have like 20 of them. I'm like, I just want to grow up and be like Bernie. <laughs> well, I finally did Bernie's beat awesome Mav. I, be- I beat Mav in, um, in Wisconsin at a, at a BDC event. And I was like, I can retire now. I beat him. That's all I ever wanted to do. Like, I'm done. (laughs) It was awesome. But they have been super consistent in that game. Like, I don't know. I don't know if anybody will beat their streak with the black dogs. They're they're pretty awesome at what they do. They've got some (laughs) great dogs, too. Yeah. I'm lucky to. Well, Sitka goes back to their stuff. That's right. Sitka's dad was Sitka's dad one of his sires out of out of Bernie and Lila's stuff that's what I was thinking yep so hmm, well we weren't cool enough to make the bird dog wars that was before our time but if we would have been there we would have rocked it (laughs) bird dog wars was terrible for that game That was a terrible TV show. Maybe it was, but it was hideous. For I, I'm just telling you, I love, I love tournament hunting. You know, I just love it so much. I'm like the biggest redneck of the bird dog world there ever could be. And for people that just hunt their dogs, like especially in the South, the UFTA, it is so much fun to take your dog and have a whole different experience with the competition. That is a whole different world than just going and hunting. Even if you're hunting wild birds, like, you oh, know, yeah, that's fun. That's fun. the relationship that you have, even when you win all your fancy titles, tell me that running those tournaments is not just a whole different high. It's a big rush. It is it's such a big rush big winning those tournaments. Because those guys are out for blood. Now, at the end of the day, everybody's friends, but. Oh, yeah. But that that is the funnest world. UFTA Nationals and I had Angel in the finals. We went out on our first run. We stomped it, and I think I think I ran a sub two minute run on three birds. How do you do? It was like a minute and fifty eight seconds. What's that? So you're running. It's like what a ten acre field, uh, three bird, three quail planted. And you've got to hold a three-second point. Yep. And the dog has to retrieve it. You cannot move your feet. Yep. Which, I mean, all your dogs retrieve a hand. But not everybody's pointers do. Every, like, there are some people that don't believe in that. But you and I both believe that our dogs are the unique, versatile dog. And they should retrieve the hand. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> anyways, that's not always, like, the Southern tradition. But... I guess, like, I wasn't, my dog culture wasn't necessarily the Southern tradition. So, all my dogs retrieved a hand. Because, I guess, because of you. Because you're, you force fetch mercy. Because she wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I helped with that. Okay, so your first, your first run with Angel was just under two minutes. 
I think it was a minute and 58. It might have been a minute and 56 seconds. I was so out of breath by the end of that run. Like, I remember. Oh, my God. Okay. I remember every bird, the second like, run. She just, she went from one bird to the next. And, like, you don't even have your bird in your, your, your last bird in your hand, in the, from your hand into your vest. And you look up and your dog's standing on point again. And you're getting there as quick as you can. And I remember you can't kicking run, up the last but you're getting there as quick as you can. Yeah. You, yeah. You're floating, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so we get there and I kick up the last bird and shoot it and she brings it back and we stop the clock and it was extremely fast. And I mean, I went into the second run knowing that like, we've got this thing won unless we just have a train wreck in a oh second. Oh my God. I watched this. And so we go out second run, gets the first bird, gets her second bird. I send her on her third bird and I see her start to lock up on point. She's standing on point and the bird flies out of the field and I'm still like a hundred yards from her. I know. I know. Oh my God. And your heart sinks. So hard. Your heart sinks because it's UFTA. I mean, at UFTA finals, like the bird planners are good. And like you, I knew all week I'd had those same bird planners and the bird planners in the BDC and UFTA game always get a terrible rap and they get, they're always somebody's excuse for not winning or whatever. But like these guys were really doing a great job. And I knew, I knew in my heart that like when I watched that bird fly, I was like, that can't be my bird. Like it had to be an extra bird in the field. Somehow there had it to be an extra be. bird in the field. Don't they clean the fields? Um, finals. Uh -oh. I don't remember. BBC, they clean the field. I don't know. Well, you BBC, I don't think they clean it. I don't think they clean it in UFDA. Maybe I'm wrong. It's been several years since I played. Who I don't knows? Know. I'm sure the rules have changed since then. <laughs> yeah, they might have. I think they're using cages or something now. Oh, God, no. In some of them. I think they are. No. Um, but but anyway, if you had, so had a cage, fly if you had a cage, you wouldn't have had this problem. No, no. But y'all, that's a totally different subject. But <laughs> so I watched this bird fly out of the field and I, my heart sinks because I'm like, there goes $10,000. You're playing for $10,000. Yeah. And I just lost because a bird flew out of the field. And then I got to thinking, no, that can't be my bird. So I send her on and she locks up again. And we ended up stopping the clock, I think, at, like, seven minutes. And as it turned out, like, we only – if we'd have been at, like, a 640-something, we'd have won. Oh, my gosh. Didn't we Matt, we got B, we got, went, Matt B took uh, home, like, 40 grand one year? I don't – I think – I think Brandon won that year. I think Brandon's oh. – I can't remember which dog Carnegie. Brandon was running. Yeah, uh, they Brandon, always have solid dogs too. Yeah, they they, I think they did really well this year too, from what I remember. But yeah, it's it's a it's it's a high playing that game. It's it's a lot of fun. I talk about it all the time as if I'm just going to jump right back in tomorrow. 
I don't know if I'll ever get over it. It was literally the highlight of my life playing those games. It's fun. It's fun. I enjoy, like, for me, though, now, like, it fits what I do with my dogs to play and then do the other things. I get but. it. I mean, for me, like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go run hunt tests in the lab world. And I love that, but I will never get the same high as I do from the BDC. I absolutely loved playing the BDC. I loved the rules. I loved the chucker. I loved our crowd. It I was just, fun. Miss Barbara is like the sweetest lady in the whole wide world. And I never cared losing her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I hope at her age that I'm as cool as she is. That's literally what I think about her. (laughs) She's pretty awesome. Yeah. And it's a special thing. So I feel bad for the people that just hunt their dog and they miss so many other opportunities. And I'm like, you have no idea. There's like a big wide world out there that you and your dog and your family, like this is all family events, you know, that you and I do. It's all family oriented. So, yeah, it's really, it's a really cool thing. I don't know. I don't know what I would have done with my life if I hadn't been in bird dogs. I mean, you wouldn't be the same person for sure. Definitely not. I don't know what I'd be doing if I hadn't chose to guide hunts for a living and get into dogs and decide I needed to start training dogs. And I'd probably be like a physical therapist or. (laughs) Yuppie. And you're like, what, fourth generation cattleman now? Fifth. Fifth. All your brothers are like, we're done with this. We don't want the weather. No, it's yours. Mm, No, I I mean, my brothers, I mean, both. Well, my one brother's got a good career and he's he's got a family. So he's got to take care of that. But he comes back and helps us on the farm. And my other brothers, uh, he's got a successful career and he's got his thing going too. But he, he comes back and helps when he can. So. But, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the farm and ranch situation. But I definitely enjoy working with the cattle. And uh, that's something that it's not work. I mean, it's just it's just fun. I love going up, getting up and going to see the sunrise and tagging baby calves. And I mean, it's not all beautiful, but we have some pretty ugly moments too with losing losing them and things like that but it's getting to sit and watch the sun go down and in your pasture and stuff like that's pretty cool so but we've got one pasture that's probably my favorite it's my grandpa's and i go it's like one of my favorite places in the whole world because i get to go hunt prairie chickens in there with my bird dogs and we've got cattle in there and it's just a pretty special place. I, I love spending time there. So, Well, thank you so much for spending this evening with me. We've been talking about doing this for a really long time. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on. So you guys, this is Kai Larson in Kansas. You can find him at Hunt 'em Up Kennels on Facebook and on Instagram. And the new huntemupkennels.com will be coming soon. Yes, it will be up to date. Finally. <laughs> If you're looking for a short air and you think you're going to get a great one from him, just know you're going to be on a wait list. They go fast. 
They do. They do. Well, thank you for spending time. Yeah, you bet. Thank Take you care. for coming on All-American Wing Shooting Podcast. You bet. And for being Thanks. such a great mentor to me. Absolutely. Papa gave daddy and daddy gave to me